music again, but I know these two guys and I'm not half as nervous as I was last night, although that worked out great. Um, a little nervousness is good. Uh, we're talking tonight to the master and the student, but I think the student has become a master in his own right, as I'm sure Dr. John Akins would agree. Uh, Dr. John Akins is up there on my left, um, your left too, if you're looking at it this way, I can never tell how some folks from home are seeing this. Uh, Dr. John Akins, uh, retired professor of music and piano uh, at Evangel University, back in the day it was Evangel College for Fred and I, Fred Haas, uh, my friend Fred uh, from Evangel, we went to school together. He was on the same uh, floor as Scott Hall. We formed a great friendship. And Fred is calling us, Zooming us from Cary, North Carolina, which is near the Raleigh area. Uh, right. John is, from, is, is Zooming us from Springfield, Missouri, headquarters of the Assemblies of God, uh, near where we went to taught at school. Uh, our roots go way back to Cutler, Maine. How about that? And uh, I consider John kind of like a spiritual second dad. Uh, his wife, who passed away a year ago, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, John, the anniversary, yeah. uh, just a very, I'm sure, you know, we won't talk about that tonight, but just devastating. And but God has been bringing through this time of, of widowhood. And uh, I know that, Fred, you lost uh, your uh, beloved a few years ago. Um, but we're going to we're going to talk about your music and how maybe that's helped you through difficult times. I sent you guys some questions. Um, I'm not sure whether to flip a coin or what, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm always interested, I guess, in the background of music and how uh, I asked about Richie and Eddie last night, how did they start in music? What were their influences growing up? And maybe uh, we'll just go with the elder statesman tonight, uh, Dr. Aikens, uh, just call you John. Papa John, <laughs> you have your roots in Michigan, which is where I'm calling uh, and hosting the show tonight from here in Fulton, in uh, uh, St. Clair. Um, yeah, Claire. Claire. And so, so John, growing up, uh, was your family musical and, and did uh, the music in your family, whether you were hearing on the radio or uh, albums, back when we had albums, uh, maybe church music, uh, how did that sort of become Genesis for you to begin to get involved in the way that you did. Uh, by the way, everybody, John, he probably, he is so humble, but he would admit this, but I'm telling you, he's got perfect pitch. Uh, he is definitely skilled, and Fred would certainly uh, agree to that, but maybe share a little bit with our audience tonight about um, growing up with music in your family. Well, uh, probably one of the primary things was the fact that my father, uh, by that time in his life, he was... Uh, tuning pianos all around, and he also had a, a piano store where he sold pianos, mm. and in the little town of Clare, Michigan, yep. right in the center of the state, of the Lower Peninsula, and um, and so I was around pianos all from, from an early age, you know, pianos that he'd have in the, in the showroom and everything, so um, I was very interested, and then, and, and my father actually was musical in that he could play the saw and the piano a little bit. Oh, that's his main claim to fame uh, musically was playing the saw, which he did all my life, all his life until he passed away. Um, so I was around music and my my mother was not particularly musical, but she liked to sing, in, you know, the hymns in church and she liked music and everything. So mm. she was, um, she was certainly encouragement to us. And when I got to, uh, uh, they encouraged me to start taking piano lessons when I was in the kindergarten. So wow. I started doing with a local teacher there, and then <clears throat> I kept taking lessons, uh, piano lessons, all the way through my undergraduate studies. When I majored in, I had a double major in piano and uh, music theory and composition too. But anyway, that was that was kind of my background. Mm -hmm. As far as being around music, and, and uh, I guess there was something in there inside of me that responded to what I what was around me. But anyway, sure. sure. And we used to have the one of those when I was little. We had one of those old Victrolas that has the big horn that uh, yeah. 
that the little dog would be listening into one like that. That's yeah. what I had when I was real small, and, the, mm -hmm. and my and my folks got recordings of like uh, several different things. That and this was not even albums; they were just individual 78 RPM records okay. back then. So um, we, but he got a whole album, which I mean was you know several pages of, of 78. Mm -hmm. You know, and they were all of Sousa marches. So I really got interested in marches, and then I started composing marches when I was young myself. So during his marches, there was also a program on the radio every afternoon that played marches every day, and I, I was really into those. So that influenced me too at an early age too. But anyway, having 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 that kind of exposure, and then uh, and then being the local school music teacher was able to start me in piano at the age of, I guess I was actually six when I, I turned six before I actually started, but anyway. Wow. Uh, that's that's kind of my background. We can good. How about you how about you, Fred? What were your musical influences in, in growing up in Kansas City, Missouri, right? Well I want to I want to start by two things. First, Ralph, thanks for having me on. This is amazing. Oh, this is the other thing I um, wait for this. <laughs> I, I, you know, um, I owe Dr. Uh, Aikens uh, a huge thank you, and I haven't done it for many years. He, uh, he's one person, um, though a short time together in my life, he changed the trajectory of my life. And, you know, mm -hmm. rarely do we get a chance to go back and say thank you to our teachers. But for those of us who do have someone in our, our life who really changed the trajectory of our, our life, I think, you know, remember how important they are and to say thank you. Because Dr. Aikens, we'll talk about it more later, but yeah. You know, I, I, I asked him what something was, and he, he said that's free improvisation. And I'd never thought of that before. Because of that little conversation, it changed my whole um, music, and you know, music, uh, the outlook and everything. And it'll, I'll talk about more, more of that later. But, you know, Dr. Aikens, thank you so much, because I've, I've talked with Dawn now off and on over the few years now and then. I've told her how much you mean to me, but I've never told you personally. But... I'd like to use this time just to say thank you because you really were a, a big impact in my life. And even though you may not know it, but you, you really were. And, and thank you. And I think of you a lot. Yeah. Um, my life, uh, you know, music in, in uh, Kansas City, uh, to, to be uh, transparent, I'm not a professional musician. I studied music. I, uh, I play now just for myself, for fun. I'll post things online. Yes, I have one one uh, audience and sometimes two. When my son's home from college, he's stuck for listening to me all through the house. And the rest of the time, my cat is listening to me. And other than that, I really, uh, uh, I compose all the time, but we'll talk about that later. Sure. It, is, it is, is something that I, I do as my, for myself as an artist. And uh, I've been behind this thing, this thing since nine years old. And I'm extremely comfortable behind this. This is my best friend. Mm -hmm. um, I've been playing, um, and I, I, the piano is my favorite instrument. Mm -hmm. um, others are, are just as beautiful, but I just love the sound of piano. I love what it can do. I love playing it. And, um, you know, I've, uh, I, I didn't choose a path of a, a professional career or um, anything uh, with music, but it has been my friend. It's been my, um, my confidant. It's been my, uh, sometimes my storybook where I can just write my own uh, my own stories behind um, and since I enjoy I, I only I only play my own music I don't play other people's music I only sit down and, and create my own stuff I play about an hour a day um, and um, but with that I'm constantly creating mm -hmm. and uh, so we can talk more about that later but yeah growing up um, I don't have perfect pitch I can't keep rhythm and uh, I don't have a natural sense of the beat I don't have a strong memory for uh, memorizing chords and charts. Uh, uh, I, I can't remember a song over three days. If I memorize a song in three days, I've almost forgot it. Uh, but I have other talents with music yes. that I, I that with the help of Dr. Aikens in, in 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 college, I figured out where I am as a musician. Awesome. Um, but that's that's a little bit about me. That really that's really interesting. I, I'm just gonna um, put this in because I'm I'm a humanities creative person, not musically. I was the one playing the music on the radio stations, but uh, in, in my writing. But when you, you said that, friends, I've never really heard it said that way in just the way that you did, but I would suspect that it would be parallel or, or comparable to somebody who is more um, adept to 
or in writing nonfiction than fiction. Uh, like John Boy and the Waltons. I mean, he's a fictional, well, he really wasn't a fictional character. Uh, Ralph, uh, not Ralph Waiting. I'm trying to think of uh, the guy that's based on, uh, his name is skipping me right now, but uh, we lived uh, for 10 months near uh, his area in Virginia, but oh, wow. uh, yeah, but, but so my predilection or leaning would be stories, true stories from home and down east, but not fiction. And then somebody in my life, I'm sure, unlocked that for me where you admit it, maybe you didn't have the rhythm or whatever, but you knew there was still a place in music for you, having played since nine and so forth. So very interesting to hear that. Um, and I, I hope that you're going to play that new Ukrainian piece uh, or dedicated to uh, the situation over there, uh, if you feel led, Fred. But John, why don't we go with you, yeah. what you might have uh, in your, your repertoire tonight for us. I know that you, you answered some questions about um, you know, the classical uh, uh, groups of artists and composers through the years that you had studied and that you enjoyed listening to, Hayden, Mozart, Beethoven. Uh, and then you mentioned yourself just now, uh, the big band period, I'd forgotten that you were, were very influenced by that. Uh, Bruckner, Tchaikovsky from the Romantic period, Russian composers and so forth. Um, and then you, you love the, your jazz too, which is interesting. But um, by the way, um, I'm missing my Celtic game tonight. This is the second week in a row. I just have to put it out there. But we're ahead by 20. Uh, NBA basketball class, I just got so. Anyway, John, what do you have for us? Take a little ivories and, and or share with us what maybe maybe it's your own composition or uh, you can cover a classical piece, whatever. Well, I, I I've gone through several different types of things. I could um, I could start with a uh, with uh, or I can finish with with it later. I was thinking of doing one of my arrangements, of which I've done a number of arrangements of hymns and gospel songs over the years, special piano arrangements of them, like they would use for offertories and stuff in church or whatnot, or special numbers. Mm -hmm. And um, I could start with one of those, or if you want me to do other stuff and end up with that later. Or I Maybe that'd be a good idea to end up. Excuse me, guys. I've got the furnace on. I'm going to shut my door so that won't uh, interfere. So just a I've never had to do that, but uh, I want to make sure that people could hear your music. So, yeah, that sounds like the little ladder suggestion would be maybe the way to go, John. So, yeah. Okay. okay. So then I could start. Well, I can start with uh, <clears throat> with a little kind of mellow kind of piece that I wrote. And I wrote this way back when I was in college, but I've, I've liked playing it over the years. I've mm -hmm. come back to it. And, I, and everybody else that hears it seems to like it. So I thought I might maybe start off with that one. It's just a nocturne, I call it, because it's similar to the, the mood, anyway, of some of the Chopin nocturnes that some people may be familiar with. Okay. And uh, just a kind of an easygoing um, feel to it all the way. Okay. And um, so I'll, I'll start with that one. It's actually a second one of a set of two nocturnes that I wrote. And this is the second one, which is probably um, my favorite of the two, although I like them both. But anyway, All right. uh, this is a, a little nocturne that I wrote. But then kind of warm up with this a little. Sure, sounds good. Thank you. 
Thank you, John. Excellent. Wow. That was great. Wow. Wow. So match that, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> now, whatever you feel like you would like to open up with, as with John, and then we'll maybe go back to a couple more questions, sort of go back and forth, kind of like we're doing. Um I so in college, I always struggle with playing other other people's music. The, the mm -hmm. perfectionism, having it right and perfect memorizing all was always a struggle for me. So what I found myself in the auditorium one time, shut the door. There was like two grand pianos on stage. One was a concert grand, the other was like a six-foot Baldwin or something. And Dr. Akins, you probably remember those pianos because you tuned them all the time. Yeah. And uh, I would shut, I would shut the door, lock it, and I'd go on and I'd just close my eyes and just start playing around. And all of a sudden things would come to me with my eyes shut. And I noticed I was having so much fun just creating this spontaneous music mm -hmm. out of thin air. That mm -hmm. I, I walked in your office, and I still remember the conversation. You probably don't. And I asked you, what is it when you just sit down and create? And I said, I don't mean like jazz where you have a chart and you're, right. you're creating off the chord structure. And you said, oh, that's free improvisation. I said, there's really a name for that? And I was really like surprised. And you said, yeah, it's called free improvisation. And I said, really? And people do that. It was a short conversation, but you had that piano room next door to your um your office where the kind of studio piano was and right. um, that's where we, we stood and i had the conversation and that was a moment when i had the aha moment in my life and that that's oh. when things changed because myself as an artist and i i consider myself an artist now now it's not mainstream it's not it's really for me to express myself and over the years i've developed this ability and a talent to just sit down and create a song instantly. And when folks hear my songs on, on FaceTime, I mean, on uh, yeah, FaceTime or uh, uh, Facebook or YouTube or something, it's, it, everything I, I put out there is a spontaneous improvisation. I don't practice it. Mm -hmm. I sit down, I hit the record button and I just play. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's what I'll do, I'll do now. I'll just, I'll just do an, a, a free improvisation I enjoy this because I call it conversational. And although it's music, to mm -hmm. me, what I'm actually doing with you guys right now listening is actually a conversation. And because a conversation has an ebb and flow and sometimes a meandering of topics, good way to put it. and it, it doesn't have to be perfect in the conversation. So I take that stress off of myself. And a lot of times you'll hear never the same melody twice. Sometimes I do. A lot of times it's a meandering melody of just chordal structures and going in and out of keys and everything and i meander until i hit a cadence at the end and then i'll end it and i'm actually just having a conversation with whoever's listening or i'm talking to myself and so what i'll do is i'll just kind of have a conversation with you guys right now the way i, I kind of just do a spontaneous improvisation right now okay cool sounds good <clears throat> take these off can you can you hear the piano oh yeah very good okay yeah Thank you. 
This leads me to ask this question. It could be construed as a statement, but I'm going to put it as a question. But I've always, I've always wondered or thought about music because I can't play anything. <laughs> uh, that was the only test I ever failed was music test in eighth grade. Uh, but I had rhythm. <laughs> I had rhythm, and I bought my first cajon. My son, who's a drummer, says, I'm not a drummer. I'm just a percussionist. I said, thanks a lot. What do you think you get your drumming, right? But anyway, um, but I, I always thought about the classical pieces, which I love, uh, as being more intellectually stimulating, if I can say that about music, and, and then other pieces, more emotive. Uh, I guess we could put free uh, improvisation. Is that what you, how you described that, Fred? Or John had told you? Um, ethereal kind of uh, free-floating where you just are feeling the chords in the melody. Is that accurate to, to say that? I always, I, I never dared to, to say that because I don't have the background, but I know that Tchaikovsky and these uh, co composers, uh, Hayden and Beethoven, when I hear them on NPR, uh, on the radio or, or John playing with somebody, I, I'm, it's harder for me to keep up with it, but I like it. But it's stimulating the brain cells so if I'm a little sleepy, I might not keep up with it, but I, I, I no less enjoy it than the emotive pieces that, so do you guys concur with that? And then maybe that's a generalization. There's a lot of music in between that may be more or less emotive and more or less intellectually satisfying or stimulating, but would that be accurate, especially the intellectual thing to, to say that about uh, some pieces of music or genres? John? Well, I think, uh, I mean, it is probably true that um, what we normally put under the category of classical music, composers like Haydn and Beethoven and, and others, that, I mean, they have a definite, there's a definite intellectual and formal structural component to their music that mm -hmm. may, not, may or may not be there in other pieces, although usually most any piece, whether it's as as um, what's the word I want? As prominently noticeable as as, as it is in some of the classical pieces, there's usually some kind of structure there, or you or you feel like it really doesn't. If you feel like it doesn't have any structure, then it may not do that much for you or something. But right, the structure there can be various types of structure, of course, too. So, yeah. um, but the structure probably in classical music as we call it is probably um ten, there's a tendency for there to always be some kind of the element of the formal uh, organization mm -hmm. to it you know yeah. but on the other hand they um then the composer will always try to imbue that form or those forms with some kind of emotional content too in the process, like you feel you've had a journey somewhere or you feel like you've had a, some kind of, a, whether it's a, some kind of emotion evoked in you or whatever, but. Mm -hmm. um, Movements, yeah. yeah. Maybe, so, it's, maybe it's like in an art gallery viewing uh, Rembrandt compared to perhaps uh, um, Van Gogh you know, an impressionist piece compared to something more, as you said, with music, technical or uh, realistic. And yet with both our art pieces or masterpieces, we should say, we are, we're affected, but in a different way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So what, what do you have for us now? My wife says, ask him more questions, but I think that was a pretty good one. <laughs> Fred, do you have anything to add with that? What was I being accurate well, closing that uh, or? Since you were on the uh, on a subject of, of intellectuality in the music, uh, of course, there are some composers, like especially in the 20th century, that have gone through what they call the 12-tone technique and devised all manner of means of making sure they used all the 12 
black and white notes that there are in an octave on the piano and use them all at once before they go on and use the set again. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that got really cerebral and not as many people really turned out to like that sort of thing. Right. But, um, but uh, still, there's other kinds of techniques that are could be called more cerebral than anything, but that you can notice that on the listening too. Mm -hmm. uh, such things as um, like playing music upside down, as we would call it a mirror inversion. It's kind of, it would be kind of, I was just thinking of this last night, it'd be kind of like taking a scene, and I remember so many times driving in from Cutler to East Machias and seeing in the fall the beautiful ceilings reflected in the East Machias River there yeah. with the tide in. And, uh, and uh, so it's like you have a reverse reflection of the same thing that's up above. Mm -hmm. And then, then in the water, you see the reflection of that same thing, but it's all upside down. And so those, that's a kind of technique that we can use in music sometimes, is to mm -hmm. play, uh, play a, a melody upside down at some point. And I, I, uh, I wrote a piece, uh, you probably are aware that, well, yeah, yeah I know you are, because Don just sang this cycle that I had set to uh, six poems of the of a well-known uh, physician there in the Machai's Lubeck area, Dr. Uh, Robert. Uh, uh, right. right, I was trying to say Mac something and I couldn't <laughs> say the last thing. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, when I said one of the one of the poems that I set to music was called Mirrors. And I thought, whoa, this is the place to use the mirror inversion kind of technique in my music. So I did use use that. It, it doesn't uh, take away, I don't think, from the musical the musical expression of the whole thing. But I did use that technique so that whenever, like, whenever the uh, there's places anyway where the the singer's melody goes up by certain intervals. And I make the piano accompaniment go downward from that same note yes. by the same intervals and use that as a kind of a like a reflection because the whole poem is, is about uh, it's called mirrors, but it's about uh, mirrors being uh, love being a mirror reflection of each other when you have a couple together and that sort of thing. So well, I, I made use of that kind of technique, but it's. Uh, <clears throat> So things like that, you know, you can work in, and, and, and those would be considered more intellectual and stuff, probably, but it still, I think, contributes to the music, too. Yeah. It's almost as if, it, I give you a break here saying this, it's almost as if the, uh, the technological piece of the music itself is reflecting the message of the poem, in, in this case, which is kind right. of interesting to think about. Wow. Kind of like art on art. So, yeah, right. Great. So, do you have you want to play that, or do you have some equipment else? Uh, um, well, I would be kind of uh, probably pointless without the singer to sing right, the yeah. singer's part. Right, that's fine. Um, I yeah. could play. Uh, let's see, what else could I do next? Anyway, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what I maybe I'm do next. Um, we could, I guess. Talk about maybe jazz influence for just by yeah. something with some jazz influence anyway. Sure. And one of the I haven't done a whole lot of jazz, but one of my most recent compositions. In fact, I just got back from a trip to California where they played it on a Christian composers conference out there. It's a yeah. piece that I wrote a couple of years ago for saxophone trio, and I used some elements of the blues. I mean, I I used the blues format actually harmonic format for the prelude to that is the prelude and fugue. So that sounds kind of like Bachish and stuffy, but I tried to make it a little bit more updated by making it sound jazzy anyway, and part of parts of it, and then the rest of it is kind of playful too. So the fugue is a rather playful theme. So okay. try to make some some of the things that some people might think is a stuffy old kind of music and 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 bring it up to date without making it sound Popish or something like that. <laughs> yeah, very good, excellent. But anyway, so and I, I was oh, one of my times to 
delve into jazz a little bit, of course, was with Fred when he asked me to write something for his senior recital and he wanted me to write a, a piece in Kansas City style jazz. Well, I struggled with that a little bit because I wasn't quite as at home with that as I was with maybe like New Orleans jazz and blues and stuff like that. Yeah, Kansas so City I, Mo. Kansas I've City Mo. Yes. Yeah, I, I wrote a piece for Casey Mo. It was Casey Mo. C A S E Y and then M O E, but that stood for Kansas City, Missouri, of course. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, we had fun with that. And, and I guess uh, Fred enjoyed playing that on, the, on his recital. But anyway, um, I've got another piece. This was written a long time ago, too. Um, the, the, the third movement, the second movement is sort of the flavor of that nocturne I played earlier. It's quiet and 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 <clears throat> sort of uh, just uh, almost nocturnal kind of thing. <clears throat> but then the last movement, it, it contrasts, sort of has a little more jazzy flavor to it. So mm -hmm. this is this is a, I'll try to get through it. It's, this is the one I was making more more mistakes the more I practiced it a while ago. But <laughs> I can imagine you making any mistakes. <clears throat> Oh, oh, I do. And um, I have to say, too, that that was really interesting because I didn't realize how great an impact that little statement that I made to Fred that time about free improvisation had on his life. That's really interesting to find that out years later. Yeah. So that was really meaningful. Uh, but anyway, this is a little sort of jazzy feeling to it on the finale part of this kind of scene that I wrote. through the years um and i know john you're older than fred but and you've played longer but with any kind of arthritis or carpal tunnel or have you guys been blessed that god has not allowed that to be a trial <laughs> i can't imagine yeah, well, you know. say, yeah i have been fighting some arthritis in the past several years now mm -hmm. i have to put a stamp my thumb primarily mm -hmm. maybe uh, several months or so knows this but uh, you your daughter sent your daughter Don sent through um, Facebook your 
rendition of the Easter song. And All right. I, I was so impressed and blessed. Um, anytime that she put something on there, which isn't a lot often, but every once in a while, um, I played it for our board meeting. Oh, really? Uh, and I always have a little time of inspiration. And I know that sounds kind of important meeting, but it gets us all in a, a nice frame of mind so that we can talk about the business of the church. And they were very impressed. And I said, I hope I was accurate. I don't mean to put you on spot. Um, I know women take their age a little more sensitively, but I said, this is an 82 year old man with perfect pitch who just played this song that you just heard. And they were all impressed without exception. So I have to give you props again, John. So, um, you just had it wrong by one year. I'm actually 83 now. So. 83. That's <laughs> uh, <was> close. <laughs> uh, so, Fred, what do um, you have something else you want to play? Add to what we've talked about here. And yeah, well, I think you drink. Drink. yeah. If you listen to that previous song that uh, Dr. Aikens just played, I think you can sense his enthusiasm for life and his sense of humor. And that's yeah. one thing about him. He carries this uh, positive, optimistic um, energy around him. You can hear it in his music. Yes. And I think that was a perfect, perfect thing. We, uh, um, you know, Sam Prasad and I went to Columbia, Columbia uh, Missouri, I think, Mizzou or somewhere with Dr. Aikens to play one of his trombone pieces at a composition place. And Sam and I played a joke on him. I won't say what we did. I don't know if Dr. Aikens remembers it. We had a little piece of plastic that we put on the floor. And uh, Dr. Eckens played right along with Sam and I college sense of humor at that time. Oh, that's cute. And he's always had just a great sense of humor. And you can hear that in his music, you know, and I think the, cool. you're, you're talking about music and the intellectualism and everything. But when you listen to Dr. Eckens music, you, you hear this optimism and this um, enthusiasm and this sure. actually humanesque, you know, this humor <laughs> in his music that humor actually is. makes you smile when you listen to it. That's cool. Now, we could, can we also say, were you part of... Uh, his classes that every once maybe the holidays he would dress up. John dressed up as a bunny rabbit, right, or whatever the theme or holiday was. <laughs> I know that uh, the kids got a kick out of um, some of the costumes that you have uh, that you would wear to class every once in a while. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. All right. Yeah. So, Fred, what do you got for us? Well, you know what I'll do? I just, I don't, I'll try and hack through it. Uh, Dr. Akins, do you remember? Um, so Dr. Akins introduced me also this whole new concept of music, the, the 20th century music, the, you know, the tonal music and dissonant music and John Cage. And, and mm. I'd never heard anything like that. So this whole contemporary artistic um, direction he introduced me to and, uh, I really enjoyed that, you know, because it is really kind of like what I was, what I enjoyed. And um, one piece I played, um, you know, it was in the chapel that had a beautiful Boysendorfer on the stage. And Dr. Craig, do you remember I, I played, I plucked some strings and I went what on and played, I plucked, I plucked some strings. Oh, plucked some strings, okay. I don't know do if you, I remember that, but- Okay, you. well, I'll play, I'll play that piece right now. That, so it- cool. Because we were, I was working on kind of a John Cage piece with you or something, and, and just the whole thing of plucking strings was something. So I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go through what I remember. This has been a long time, but I'll, I'll play. It's, it's very little plucking strings. I'll show you kind of just an, an influence of what Dr. Aikens um, did me, but not just other, not myself, but I think other students also. And so it allowed me to kind of create music um, that was different than than just here. So let me just kind of show you what I was talking about. Um,
like a suspenseful mood that piece for me anyway you know and I thought we really we it really is subjective our reception of arts because we we go to what we can associate that music or that art piece or that story we're reading to the quickest and so you know if we watch dark shadows or he watched an Alfred Hitchcock I'm not trying to minimize what you played I've really enjoyed it but I think for me, you know, it would be easy to say, hey, that was be definitive and you can't really, which makes the art so classic and beautiful because it's up to the individual person listening or observing to interpret the piece. Um, and there are various interpretations, even though it's an objective thing being done. Does that sound like a accurate summation of, of what you guys do? Yeah, oh, I, think, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Cool. I think we go to, um, you know, I, I've noticed um, when I when I'll do some music and I'll send it to someone to listen to, I know they're not, they may not be receptive in it, and I've come to understand that we go to music um, for many reasons, but a lot of times we go to music to try and play something that we can connect with wherever we're at emotionally, and sometimes we are at different places and we're, we're looking for that music to connect to because sometimes the music, the song that I just played was in D minor. Some people consider D minor the saddest um, uh, minor key of all of them. And if you're you're not into that, you, you can't really connect with it. If you're looking for something because you're, you're cooking dinner or something. Yeah, like yeah. Music, music and, and your emotion, that whole connection of music, music is yeah. such a, a, a magical place to us internally. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, it's kind of what you're saying, Ralph. I think of, of connecting to it. Yeah, John. Can let me ask you this? I've always thought. I think that this probably could be objectively, uh, almost objectively proven, if that's if that could be. But of all the arts, it seems like at least biblically, maybe even spiritually, uh, music, for some reason, is like a step above. It's like. And, and I'm, I'm mostly talking about the ability for us to all enjoy and participate at some level where not everybody is a reader, not everybody goes to the art museum, but for some reason, music just, it really unifies us. Would you agree with that? Maybe a lot. Oh, yeah. that, that's probably true, all right, yes. And it's probably, um, uh, at least for um, music that doesn't have a specific message or or uh, literary connection like maybe a song that's uh, setting a yeah. poem or or, uh, or or a cantata or whatever that has a certain direction singular message uh, literary wise with it you know mm -hmm. but music music by itself uh, is certainly open to a wider Seems to uh, range of interpretation, I suppose, and, and emotional response. I, I would think. I mean, I, yeah. I could be wrong about that. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. So, um, you said that to close out, we're running out of time. We'll have to do part two some other time and do this again at least. I don't think it's a part two. It's just this ongoing conversation, and I, I really feel good about how the Lord is, has kind of led us with all of this tonight, and you guys answering the questions. Even though maybe they seem to be abstract, you you understood what I was asking and saying, and your pieces have been great. But um, you mentioned John ending with um, a medley of of uh, hymns and so forth. Maybe you could do that one for us now. And maybe Fred, if he's comfortable, the piece that you just recently did for the people in Ukraine that would be awesome. Okay. They end up with the Ukraine piece, yeah. 
Yeah, this is this one's not a medley. It's just uh, just a short arrangement that I did of cool. of the. Uh, I mean, I've done some medleys, but this one's just a single song. It's the uh, it's the song entitled "He's Everything to Me" from the Restless Ones, the Billy Graham song from back in I think '60s or '70s, somewhere along in there. Wow. Anyway, I've done an arrangement of that years ago, and uh, um, I, I can go ahead and play that. It's not very long, and Sounds good. And, it, and it's my testimony, too. He's everything to me. Oh, that's great, John. Praise God. <laughs> And I remember you playing it back home in Maine. And maybe I think it was one of the summer concerts, which I be chamber concert. Maybe you had played that uh, for one of them. I'm not sure, John. Maybe it was at, at church. Um, thank you for sure. played it at church before. Yeah. yeah. That's a great uh, rendition of that. Uh, that was good. So, Fred, what, what can you share us the more recent tune that you did? Uh, yeah. Maybe is, what inspired um, you to do it? Obviously. Yeah, this is a piece, you know, most everything's improvisation. Now and then I will actually write something. And, mm -hmm. and although this is not written note for note, the basic skeletal structure of the song is written, in which I, 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 I improv improvise slightly through. Mm -hmm. And um, this is me, my feelings of, of Ukraine. It's, it's, it's personal. Um, it's, 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 I find it. Um, I won't get into it, but I, I, and so I, I explained to someone the other day, it's like, this was like, you know, I played it for him. It's like, this is a bomb. And that's not what I meant. I, I miss I miss said that what I'm saying is what I'm playing is how I feel about Ukraine. It's mm -hmm. not, um, and not sound effects of the bombs or buildings or, or, or for the people of Ukraine. This is actually something for me to write because I find it so, I can't, um, I can't imagine. Yeah. the grief and then the trauma on top of the grief of the, mm -hmm. what the people are going through yeah. and the pain and mm -hmm. um it's very disturbing for me so the piece that i, I wrote and I, i've been working on it for a long time um that um 
it's called I, I called Ukraine Rhapsody. Rhapsody is like several melodies put together okay. um, in a song. So uh, this is uh, Ukraine Rhapsody, and, and uh, it's just more my 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 conversation of how I feel oh. about. Right. How much time do we have? Because it's about five minutes. Don't worry, we got it right to the top of the hour. <laughs> Here, very good. I really enjoyed it. And then you can feel the anguish 
of the people, their loss, a lot of, a lot of emotion in that piece. Um, Thank you. Wow, it's, it, this has been so good. Um, my favorite part of, of uh, being with you guys tonight has been your ability to kind of go back and forth and remember, uh, obviously the pieces were great. Uh, um, and uh, John, I will see you in Maine. It, yeah. we, we will be there uh, the same time that you're there with your family reunion. So right. we'll have to connect. Will Chris and Don and their families be, be with you too? Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. So Fred, I'm going to ask you, you need to come to Maine, my home <laughs> state. So you keep inviting me. I got to make it up there now. Wouldn't that be a hoot if you could do that? It, but yeah. pray about it. You never know. And maybe you'll get the inspiration to create some more pieces by seeing the ocean. And, and I could be your tour guide. And John could be Absolutely. Well. Absolutely, Ralph. Thanks, oh, thanks so great. much. It's, this has been amazing. We, we need to do it again. And maybe next time, maybe in the fall or something, uh, we can maybe a little more planning and maybe a specific theme or maybe even write a piece for it. Um, so well, let's close in a word of prayer, amen? Okay. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for my friend Fred and my mm -hmm. spiritual second dad, uh, John Akins, and for this amazing time of connecting two beautiful people and their music and their love for music and their love for you and the love for your people and each other. Thank you so much for the walk down memory lane. Thank you that we're alive and we have our health. And we do pray for the people in Ukraine. It is just horrifying. It's so difficult to wrap our head around it. it it's being politicized on, on both sides in, in some ways. And yet here are people just innocently, uh, lies being snuffed out in, in the most horrendous evil ways. And somehow, somehow, Father, would you just bring comfort and peace to that situation and an end to it all. Thank you so much for tonight. Bless these guys. And we thank you for our time together and for all those who listen tonight and who will be watching this broadcast in the next few days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. Okay, Dr. Drake, it's good seeing you. Thanks, Ralph. Let's say a touch.